0: This is Meg Tilton at the ACAL Life, episode number 79 A Sacred Privilege. My interview with Christina Thomas. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Hello everyone, and welcome back to the podcast this week. I'm so glad you're here. I am so glad it's a new week. I have a busy week ahead, do you? Have you planned out your week by the hour? like I'm always telling you to do because it's the best way to do it. I have my entire week planned out through Saturday and I hope I can make it. (laughs) Quite Frankly, I have a lot of things on my lists and I know there's going to be things that come up that I'm not expecting and that's okay. We'll just work around it. That's how life works. Um, I'm excited for today's podcast, my interview with Christina Thomas. But before we jump into that, I wanted to thank you for writing reviews for my podcast. I don't look at it very often, um, but I just happened to look at it this week and four people had reviewed. What the what? Come on. I love you. Thank you. That is so awesome. So I wanted to read a review because I want to show you how easy it is to write a review. If you haven't done it already. So if you're loving the podcast and you want to write a review, you could get your review read on my podcast. So this one is from Real Mom Moments. She says, I look forward to her podcast each week and often replay my faves in between. I appreciate her honesty, thoughtful and encouraging insights and her realness Thank you for your time, effort, and messages, Meg. Thank you. Thank you so much for writing that review and for giving me a five-star review. I really appreciate it. I know I'm like 79 episodes in, but it is never too late to leave reviews. That is how uh, the iTunes world gets a hold of it and they promote it better. And so it's really helpful when people leave reviews. And if you're getting great information, I would really appreciate it. So schedule that in this week. Schedule on your calendar. I'm going to write a review for Meg at the ACAL Life. So awesome, awesome. Anyway, I want to get to this interview because I think it's a great interview. And it's one that I was excited to do because it's a bit different than I have done before. This is somebody who didn't go out and start their own business, who... Um, isn't writing a book, isn't really doing something necessarily in the business world on her own. She is working in the world. But she um, talks about how she went back to school as a mom and she became a nurse. And I think that this is really valuable. And she gives a lot of really good insights into how that process was for her family. And I know her personally, we used to live in the same ward. And I just admire Christina because she went back to school full time with four young kids at home to get her nursing degree. And I don't know about you, but I'm pretty sure I am not going to be or would never be a good student with my kids at home full time. She still had young ones at home. So um, I've kind of said to myself, I'm not going to go back to school uh, for like a master's or whatever until all my kids are in full day school. Um, I am running a business, which does take some time, um, but Having to do studying and to that extent and get good grades and show up and all that, I just can't imagine how difficult what that was. And Christina does talk about this in the interview. And so if you're thinking about going back to school, if you're thinking about pursuing more education and what that would be like, definitely listen to this podcast. If you want to be a nurse, if you're thinking that that's something you want to do, this is a great interview, but she also gives so many good insights and so many great words of wisdom for any mom that's in a position of going after something that she feels passionate about and feels is important and the effect that it had on her family and why she did it and why she would do it again. So um, definitely take a listen. And I just wanna personally thank Christina for doing this for me and for you guys and for being able to sit down with me. And I know she was nervous and she did a great job. And she really is so amazing. And I think she does not give herself enough credit. In fact, I know she doesn't. She is really smart and she has so many capacities and talents. And I just am so proud of her and for the decisions that she's made and what she has gone through to get her dreams. So please enjoy the interview. All right. I'd like to welcome to the podcast today, Christina Thomas. Christina, how are you today? I'm doing well, thanks. How are you? Good. I'm excited that you're here. I haven't done an interview with somebody who is quite in your situation yet. So I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I think it will be great. Um, can you Thanks give, for having me on. Yeah, I'm excited that you're here. Can you give um, my listeners just a little brief background of who you are and where you've come from?
1: Sure. Um, my husband, Tristan, and I, we have four kids. Uh, Riley is 11. Aiden will be eight in a couple of weeks. Andrew is five. And Asher is four. Um, mm-hmm. We're transplants to the St. Louis area. Uh, we came from Salt Lake and we've lived here for the last six and a half years. Um, I'm originally from Price, Utah. Spent a lot of my childhood in San Jose, California, before going back to Price. i uh, then a couple of years in a small town outside of Klamath Falls, Oregon, before, again, going back to Price. Um, I feel like I've done a lot of school. Um, I got an associate's from college of eastern utah and then went to brigham young university and got a degree in marriage family and human development and i was like a month before graduation before i was like nope i don't want to do social
0: work (laughs) that's always great timing right
1: (laughs) great timing yep
0: (laughs) yeah why did you find that that was not for you what was it about that that you didn't like
1: I did a lot of kind of shadowing with my uh, my stepmom. She was a social worker for the state of Utah, and she dealt with a lot of sex abuse cases, and it just really tore at me. And I'm like, there's no way I will be able to go home and just not leave this, not leave work at work. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I was like, no, I, I, I just can't do it emotionally. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well that's good that you know you found that out before you I guess really got into it, like got into the field. So you didn't grad so you graduated in that but you knew you didn't want to do it. So then what happened?
1: Yes. Uh honestly I took a uh a call center job at one eight hundred contacts mm-hmm. just for some income to try and figure out what it was that I was going to do. I was there for three years and um we had Riley. And then Tristan was in school, and his schedule at school was making it pretty difficult for me to work, to be able to figure out a school, a work schedule. Mm-hmm. And so we decided um, that it would cost way too much money for us to put Riley in, in daycare, and it just didn't make financial sense. So mm-hmm. we I quit. And we lived off student loans until he graduated, and I was a stay-at-home mom. And then after Tristan graduated, I actually took a, a tech job on the psych ward at LDS Hospital in Salt Lake. Mm-hmm. And it was then that um, I, my dad was an EMT, and I remember looking through his anatomy and physiology books and just thinking that this stuff was so great. I, Total, total nerdy third grader mm-hmm. reading his his textbooks and I, I loved learning about that stuff. I loved listening to his stories. So actually in high school a lot of my friends were going for nursing. I'm like mm-hmm. no, nursing sounds like it'd be pretty cool. Mm-hmm. But when I was at College of Eastern Utah I tried to do the science classes and I just, I'm a very hands-on learner and it was just not a very hands-on environment and mm-hmm. so I kind of Kind of gave up, mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when I when I took the job as a psych tech, I'm like I'm gonna go for nursing, mm-hmm. and so I started taking classes at uh, taking like the biology and mm-hmm. chemistry classes at Salt Lake Community College to uh, to fulfill the prerequisites for uh, the nursing program, mm-hmm. and actually in that time, um, we were called to St. Louis. Mm-hmm. and so when we got to St. Louis I checked out the schools and stuff to kind of continue on for nursing and it just really did not feel right at that time I was mm-hmm. pregnant with our third and uh, I just really felt like Heavenly Father was like no you need to just kind of be home right mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. be a stay-at-home mom for now and so it kind of it kind of took a, a while to uh, get to nursing school <laughs>
0: Yeah. So what was the th- the thing that shifted? Because now you have four kids. You had four kids by the mm-hmm. time you went back to school, right? So what was the thing that shifted that you're like, now is the time for me to go?
1: I had kind of always, like in the it had been in the back of my mind. And I was always kind of evaluating whether or not I should go. And I really wanted to wait until the youngest was at least in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. And then I uh, was looking at... The requirements for uh, the schools. And the only school that would accept credits older than five years was umsol And I just did not feel like that was where I should go. Not saying that it's not a, not a good school or anything. I just felt like that's not where I was supposed to go. Uh, all the other schools had a, uh, had a requirement saying that you had to take these science classes within the last five years, and if they were older than five years, I would have to retake them. And so I'm like, oh no, I'm coming up on that date. Um, I really need to do something about it. And so that that was kind of the deciding factor.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, sometimes uh, life ma- makes that decision for you, right? And you're like, yes, I will do it it's now, right? <laughs> so I don't have to do that. Yes, yes. So you decided to go back to school. And were you getting your bachelor's in being an r n Is that what you were going back for?
1: I actually have an associates, okay a great program. Mm-hmm. It was really a really great program. I feel like it I don't feel like anything can truly prepare you for what actually being a nurse is like, but mm-hmm. educationally wise. like I, I feel like I came out with decent base knowledge. Mm-hmm. should we say?
0: Yeah. I think that that's great that you can go and be a nurse with just an associate's degree, but you have a bachelor's in something else already. So it's like you have two degrees, so it's kind of cool. So what was the most difficult thing that you found yourself having to deal with in that time? Because you had four kids and now you're back in school full time. I can't imagine doing that myself. So how did you juggle it all and what was the most challenging thing that you dealt with?
1: Tristan actually decided to go back to school at the same time for his mm. MBA. Nice. <laughs> and um, we, we had talked about it and uh, we're like, you know, why don't we just do this together so that we're not dragging out this process any longer, <laughs> it's uh-huh. the school, being in school process any longer. And so we're like, okay, you know, we can do this. And mm-hmm. we kind of prepared the kids, right? We told them, we're like, okay, we're going to be really busy for the next two years. If you guys, and I mean, two years, mm-hmm. and how old was Asher at the time? Um Asher was, was two at the time. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's half his, uh, you know, two years previous, that's his entire life. Mm-hmm. So we're like, okay, just stick with us for two years. We promise it will be worth it. <laughs> um you know, we really wanted them to see what hard work will do for you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know that that all of the kids were able to to see that, but definitely Riley and Aiden. I feel like they were they were able to see that that process. Um, it was really hard. Like, if you asked me to do it again, I would probably tell you no. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Tristan and I really learned how to work together a little bit more Mm -hmm. and we learned how to sacrifice a little bit more too. Uh, There were a lot of things that we had to sacrifice Mm
2: -hmm. and
1: mostly it was probably time together uh, Mm -hmm. so that the time that we were home that we were able we were available to be parents and to help the kids out with the things that they needed help with. And we ended up doing a lot of date nights in where we would just order food or whatever and sit on the couch and watch a movie together Mm -hmm. (laughs) just to like be there. Um, Mm -hmm. I feel like just the whole two years was, it was hard on all of us. And Mm -hmm. I think the kids at first, there were, there were some behavior changes. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of a figure out how to help them through that.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like what kind of things did you see? Like what were their behavior changes that you saw in them?
1: Mostly they were kind of acting out for more attention Mm-hmm. they definitely you know they were not getting the same amount of attention mm-hmm. as they were before when i was stay at home mom and now it's uh dad comes home and we eat and mm-hmm. get the kids to bed and uh dad has homework or mm-hmm. i took night classes so i was usually at class they would get home and i would leave for class and uh
0: Yeah, so just not a lot of time with them.
1: Yeah, so we tried to find ways to make the time that we did have uh, more quality time. Mm -hmm. We tried to take the kids, try and find a time where we could just take the kids out one-on-one, even just like just to go for ice cream or something, just Mm -hmm. so that we could have a little bit of time to help them feel that they're loved and they're special and um, that we're not trying to ignore them or
0: whatever, mm-hmm. whatever they may be feeling, you know. Mm-hmm. And have you noticed a difference now that you're just working instead of being in school, both of you? Have things kind of equilibrated, I guess, out for your family?
1: Uh, so I feel like it's a little bit more of an adjustment. Um, they, they do get really disappointed when I tell them that I have to work tonight or whatever, uh, mm-hmm. which... Part of me is like, oh, I kind of like hearing that they're disappointed that I have to work <laughs> because it means they want me around. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. But they kind of know the drill um, mm-hmm. when I have to work. They they know that uh, that I'll be working that night. And uh, sometimes we, we try and do things like read our scriptures and praise the family before I go. Sometimes mm-hmm. if we don't have time, then we'll do it as I'm driving to work. hmm um try to try to get a little bit creative with that but um I work nights too so um that is a whole other challenge
0: yeah which is usually a 12 hour shift right like from 7 to 7 is that usually what it is
1: yes um the days that I get off well so the next shift comes on at 7 we do report so it's usually
0: about 7:30 but the days that I'm actually out at 730 are very rare.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: So you're gone before they go to bed, and you're not there usually by the time they go to school. Is that usually how that works?
1: Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. I try very hard to make it home before they get to school so I can at least see them before they go. And Mm
2: -hmm.
1: unfortunately, most of the time I fail. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. And so does your husband just do that morning routine with them? Or do you have somebody come in and help?
1: Tristan will do the routine with them. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he'll, he'll go to work after. And then the the nice thing about me not going until seven is that he can stay at the office mm-hmm. later mm-hmm. to be able to get his his work day in.
0: Yeah, working nights is usually how a nursing life starts out, right? It's really hard to get days usually, I would think, but then you'd be working seven in the morning till seven at night. So it's almost, do you prefer working nights? Do you like that shift?
1: I prefer working days because I'm mm-hmm. more of a morning person. Uh, mm-hmm. And actually, Tristan and I kind of laugh about this. He's, he's such a night owl. He loves being awake through the night. And I like to wake up bright and early and get get my day going um mm-hmm. and so he we both kind of think it's funny that i'm the one with the the night night jump and he's the one with the morning job. regular <laughs> during during the day hours mm-hmm. uh, and actually honestly right now night shift does work better for us because we don't have to worry about the kids being home alone after school and things like that mm-hmm
0: yeah, it is a little bit easier when you have younger kids. So are you enjoying the nursing, though? Are you enjoying what you're doing and that you're in that field? And what are your long-term plans from here on out with, in terms of your career and being a nurse?
1: I'm truly enjoying it. Um, honestly, I really didn't think that learning how to be a nurse was going to be as hard as it has been. Mm -hmm. it's not something that that they can teach you in nursing school you just Mm -hmm. have to be out on the floor experiencing it Mm -hmm. and using those critical thinking skills and and nursing judgment that you've kind of that that you've been taught about in nursing school um Mm -hmm. so actually using them is a huge huge period of growth Mm -hmm. um but honestly i love it um i i am in ob Mm -hmm. and uh this is the, the floor that I work on is, uh, labor delivery, uh, recovery and postpartum floor. So, mm-hmm. um, they, after, after mom's delivered, they don't go to a separate floor. They stay in the room where they delivered and, um, and then it kind of allows for continuity of care. And mm-hmm. so, um, I've learned how to do labor and delivery. I've learned postpartum, um, Mm-hmm. There are opportunities also learning the instruments to learn how to scrub, um, and then there's opportunities to be a nursery nurse I, I love it. I love being able to connect with patients and being able to to help them through that process and truly, I feel honored to be a part of of these women's well these families' lives at mm-hmm. such a special special time um, mm-hmm. for better or for worse
0: mm-hmm Yeah, because it's not always a happy outcome sometimes in even what should be a very joyous occasion. So how have you done with that mentally? Because you didn't like the social work, you know, with all the drama that happens in that, in dealing, say, with sexual abuse cases, but there is a lot of drama that does happen in nursing um, just because it is the medical field and things can go wrong. So how has that been for you?
1: Um, You know, I feel like for the most part I've been able to leave work at work and like able to connect with my patients but then also sometimes in some situations where you feel you you kind of have to emotionally disconnect honestly I like I had never I had never been there when when somebody had passed um, and so when I was in nursing school, I had a day in ICU where somebody did pass. I, I was not in the room. I was right outside the room. And I my job was to kind of make sure that the, uh, the family had asked to withdraw care. And so my job was to keep the monitors silent as his heart rate was declining and things like that. And um, so I wasn't in the room and I was watching on the monitors. He had an arterial line in and So it showed when his... And his heart truly stopped, um, and after the family left i I was able to do uh postmortem care mm-hmm. and i actually I really enjoyed that mm-hmm. um, most people are like, "Oh no, pass it along someone else mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I, I really enjoyed that because I felt like it was kind of a final act of service. Mm-hmm. I have had a patient who had a a term demise,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: i honestly feel like that was probably one of my favorite patient care experiences Mm -hmm. because it's a completely different type of care. Mm -hmm. It's hard to know what to say because it's not something I've experienced myself. Mm -hmm. Um, And so sometimes I I learned that it's okay to say, I don't know how -hmm. you're feeling, but, but I'm here with you. And sometimes the best the best thing to do is just hug them mm-hmm. <laughs> um and i guess you know depending on the patient like this patient was was totally open to it and mm-hmm. and then a lot of hugging and um uh, i was surprised how well i was able to keep it together um mm-hmm. because there, there were a few times when uh when when a few tears i uh, escaped mm-hmm. <laughs> um i felt like i was able to connect but i didn't let it like I don't know how to say what I'm saying, I want what I want to say, I
0: guess. Um, yeah, I get it. I mean, I think when you're a nurse, you know, you, you're dealing stuff medically for them. And then you're also kind of like a psychiatrist or a psychologist where you're dealing with their mental state, too. Because, you know, having a mother who loses a baby and a late-term baby, that would be a really emotionally different situation than having a mother who has a live birth and everything goes well.
1: Very, very... Different.
0: Yeah. A lot of therapeutic communication. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. And I think that that's a really important thing for people to know as they maybe want to pursue nursing or even if they're in a position where they interact with nurses is that, you know, we're all human still. We're all going to feel things. And I always said within my line of work, like if I ever got to a point where we were having to put an animal down. And I wasn't slightly you know, sad or in a position where I didn't have great respect for the fact of what we were doing, because obviously the veterinary field is different than the human field and that we can put animals to sleep, wanted that respect for life and that that was there. And I think that as, as nurses, you probably are always respecting life. And I love that you talked about how doing that postmortem care for that patient was really special for you because it is still that person's body and it's to be respected. And in our faith, especially, you know, we really do respect that, that the body is important And that that is something to be treated with respect. And so I think that a lot of people miss out on really sacred experiences when they kind of shy away from those experiences where maybe they are around people who have passed away or in those situations because they are sacred and special. And I think that that's nice that you were able to experience that. So what are your long-term plans when it comes to nursing and what you hope to go forward with and do in that career?
1: Oh, that is a great question. I'm really enjoying floor nursing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I know a lot of friends already have plans to go to a doctor's office because they're a little bit eight to five, Mm -hmm. no weekends or holidays type of thing. But I like where I am Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this was my goal all along. I, I truly feel blessed that I was able to get a position in labor and delivery because a lot of times out of school, um, that can be hard to come by. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and
1: so I feel very blessed, um, to be where I am. Mm-hmm. I actually have plans on starting my RN to BSN in March. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, more school. <laughs> yeah. And I have kind of always thought like, if I was younger, before we had kids, I probably would have, and, and had I been brave enough to, uh, to try those, those difficult science classes again earlier, I may have gone the route of like MD because mm-hmm. then you actually get to deliver the babies or do the mm-hmm. C-sections and things like that. I'm happy where I am, but I think if I were to move on, I may go down the path of like midwifery.
0: Mm hmm. mm -hmm. Interesting. That's awesome. You'd be a great midwife. Why are you pushing for more schooling? Why is that important to you in terms of knowing that how hard it was before? What is the importance of going back for you?
1: (laughs) A few different reasons. Um, I have heard that you get a little bit more experience with learning how to be along the lines more of management or whatever. you get some more of those skills.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. I don't necessarily ever want to go into management. Um, mm-hmm. that job just does not sound appealing to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then if I ever do want to pursue the, the career path of midwifery, then I've already got the bachelor's out of the way. And honestly, I love learning. Mm-hmm. I I truly mm-hmm. enjoy learning. Um, it's a, another opportunity for me to just learn more about mm-hmm. nursing, which a lot of people are like, you can learn that on the floor. Mm -hmm. but um, sometimes I need a little bit more structured approach. Mm -hmm. Most people hate research. I -hmm. actually kind of enjoy it. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of research that that goes uh, with the RN to BSN program. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm a little bit of a nerd like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's good that you know yourself and what you like, and you're making those decisions based on what is good for you as opposed to what everybody's telling you, because I think sometimes we can get sucked into that. And if that's something that you want to do, I think that that's great. You did mention that you have to have your BS, do you have to have your BSN to, um, or your RN to become a midwife?
1: So you do have to have your RN. I believe a, a BSN is a requirement. Okay. From the, a couple of the programs that I've looked at.
0: Mm-hmm. And would you be one of those midwives that wants to deliver your patients in the hospital at a midwifery cl- type clinic or do in-home births?
1: I am a fan of the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. I prefer
0: the safety of, of hospitals. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. honestly, um, there are a lot of things that could go wrong. And, um, if you're at home and not near a hospital, then that time is, is way too precious to, to risk, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If for any reason you had to do a crash c section and that 's not available you know you there 's always that risk of losing the baby and even possibly mom and mm-hmm. that 's just
0: not not something that I would be comfortable with mhm yeah, and I think it 's great because I think there are um i know at least one hospital in our area is has a midwifery floor at the normal hospital, and I think that um, that 's great that those options are becoming more available to women in their birthing preferences where they can have that midwife um, kind of less invasive approach if everything goes well but have all the things needed if things don't go well and oftentimes that happens so it is always good. In my yeah. opinion, I am a hospital person too, but there's some people that don't feel that way. So
1: yeah, I know there are, there are birthing centers out there. Um, and you know, if that is what they want to do, um, then, then great. I would just, I really like having, having those emergency mm-hmm. tools available. Mm-hmm. So.
0: If you were to be giving advice to your younger self who was looking at the initial nursing degree and going to go for it, or a mom that's in that exact same position, what would you tell her? And what would advice would you give her?
1: I would say, just do it. Just have the courage to do it. Mm-hmm. Know that it, it probably will not be easy. And have faith in yourself. Uh, there's a quote by Elder Holland that um, I had it on the front of my binder every semester was keep trying, keep trusting, keep believing, keep growing. Heaven is cheering you on today, tomorrow, and forever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like sometimes you just have to do it. And somewhere along the way, you'll, you'll find your confidence. I uh, was very much shy person who did not have a whole lot of confidence in myself. And Mm -hmm. um, when I went at it and did my best. I feel like Heavenly Father, uh, he saw that I was trying, and and he kind of helped, helped to make up the difference. And the more I tried, um, I just started gaining a little bit more confidence every time. And um, you just have to go by faith sometimes, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. So I didn't give you this question ahead of time, but it's one that's come up that I think would be interesting to hear your perspective. Because in the church, I think it's changing. But there is so much emphasis on being a mom and staying home and being a mom. So how did you kind of rectify that with your personal beliefs and wanting to go back to school and having a career and yet still fulfilling your role as a mom?
1: I feel like working actually helps me to be a better mom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was a stay-at-home mom for the first six years that we lived here in St. Louis, and, Mm -hmm. and that was difficult. Those moms who who want to stay home, who can stay home, I applaud them mm-hmm. because it is not something that I could do forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I just I really needed to have something outside the home to help balance things out. Mm-hmm. and I think the kids have probably seen a difference too. um i I think that they um, recognize. The change. So as much as they want me to be home all the time, which I am, again, I'm very grateful that they want me to be home all the time. I think that they, they recognize that we have a little bit more better quality time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know how, how this fits in, but something that just kind of popped in my, my head was that um, before I started nursing school, I actually had a chance to shadow my OB for a day. Mm-hmm. And he he was amazing. I had a list of like 50, I want to say 53 questions prepared for him. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he let me interview him for a good three hours. Mm -hmm. This is my OB out in Utah. Mm -hmm. Um, He's LDS. Uh, He's very active in the church. He actually retired um, not long after I shadowed him. And he and his wife are are serving a mission in uh, the Atlanta, Georgia mission right now. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's just become somebody that I really kind of look up to. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the questions that I asked him was, I, because at OBs, they're they're on call mm-hmm. all the time. Um, the way my doctor, uh, the way his, his office was, was um, it was set up that if their patient came in in the middle of the night and they weren't on call that week, they would come in for the delivery anyway.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I asked him, I'm like, you are busy. I know you have six kids. And, and you have your, your wife, like, how did you do it all? Mm-hmm. And he said that he learned when shortly after he had a sixth kid, uh, his wife was in the hospital for a few weeks, and he was just newly called as a bishop, and he was at the height of his, his career, he, the busiest mm-hmm. he had been. And, and um, he's like, I learned then that you just can't be everything to everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of constantly have to prioritize how to do things. And mm-hmm. uh, I know some people are going to be like, well, he's the, he's the provider, you know, that that's his job. I um, think, mm-hmm. I feel like sometimes there's that question of, well, do you ever feel guilty for working outside of the home? And it's like, and women get that question a lot. Right. But at the same time, like, I feel like, I feel like fathers feel the same thing. Mm-hmm. They want to be home with, with their family and, and want to spend time with our kids and watch them grow up just as much as, as moms do. Mm-hmm. And so um, some people are going to be like, well, there, there is that difference that he's the, he's the provider. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and your role is the mom. And I shared that with Tristan and he's like, you know, that's, that's really great because it's very true. Like when you try to be everything to everyone all the time,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you're going to do a very poor job
2: mm-hmm.
1: in probably all of those areas. Mm-hmm. And so, like during nursing school, unfortunately, you know, um, maybe for a little while, the kids are always a priority, but mm-hmm. sometimes you've got to prioritize those things to um, get to where you want to be. Um, and even thinking of long-term goals, I didn't become a nurse because we needed the income. Mm-hmm. But that extra income, I feel like, will help us get to our end goals a lot faster. Um like we have we have goals of serving a mission. And so it'll just kinda help fulfill those things. And I my hope is that the kids will see this, see that um money's not everything. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it puts you in a position that will help you serve others. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: I think that in society today, I think even at large, even not totally 100% within the church, is that we've become very child-centric, which I think is a good thing in terms of how things used to be, you know, say 100 years ago, where maybe it wasn't so child-centric in a detrimental way. But I think we've almost swung the other way, where our children shouldn't have to sacrifice anything. They should just be given everything. We should be at their beck and call for everything. And I think that in a lot of ways that hinders our children. And I think that one of the greatest ways to teach our children and show our children is through example. And I think that some of the best moms I do know are ones that work outside of the home. And I'm kind of like you too, where you know i became a mom i was that was always the plan i'm going to get married i'm going to have kids i'm going to stay home and i just kind of died inside not because i didn't love my children but because i felt like i had more that wasn't being used and that i wasn't giving to the world and it was a very very hard transition for me and so i think that we're getting to a point in the church and i'm seeing it get better but I really think if you want to have healthy, happy, really contributing, well-adjusted children, you have to have happy, healthy, well-adjusted mothers. And whatever that looks like for a mom is going to be different. Like you said, there are moms that love to be with their kids all day long and that fills their cup and they don't need anything else. And I'm like, yeah, great like high five good for you and yet there are other mothers out there that don't feel that way and i think that it is shifting where we're starting to have a different perception and being able to say it's okay if you need to do something outside of changing poopy diapers and cleaning up messes and arbitrating (laughs) fights all day if that doesn't fill your bucket you know you can go do something else and I think that, too, I think that we as women are in such a great position if we're in healthy, productive, um, thriving, not perfect marriages where we can make those decisions, you know, because you have a mm-hmm. husband who has a job and does provide everything that you needed um, You know, for that your family to function, so it's not like you went back to work. There are many women that do have to go back to work because they do need that financial support, and I they need all of our support as well, and need to know that that Mm -hmm. is valued and important. But I think when you're in a marriage where you have that luxury, it really is such a gift that we have as women that I don't think we really see. And I'm glad that you pointed that out, that that was something that you needed to feel like a wholer person and to be a better mom, and that that was okay to pursue. You have a daughter, Mm -hmm. and what are the lessons that you hope that she learns from watching you go through what you have and going back to school and loving something outside of motherhood?
1: So funny thing is, the reason why I became interested in OB was because of her. Mm Mm-hmm. When I was pregnant with our second, um, she came with me to the appointments and she saw the way that the doctor cared for me and for her little brother while I was pregnant. And she actually, she was in the hospital room up until delivery. Of course, she went out with my mother-in-law, um, Mm-hmm. when it was time to actually deliver but she just became very interested in the whole process the whole process she loved my doctor she would write him she's like I want to go visit him And it's like mm-hmm. well we can't really go visit him because he's working um, but so she wrote him a letter mm-hmm. and he wrote her back
0: oh that's so sweet um,
1: it was so sweet and mm-hmm. so she I want to say for like a good Five or six years, she she had her set heart set on becoming an OB, and she really wanted to work with Doctor Lloyd. That was mm-hmm. her goal. Unfortunately, he's retired, so that's mm-hmm. that's not going to come to fruition. Mm-hmm. And she would read my AMP books also. And um, one day, she I didn't know she had been reading it. She had come up and told me how blood transfusion works and what blood types were compatible and everything. And I'm like, well, where, high five! <laughs> you are correct. Where did you learn that? <laughs> That's awesome. And I'm like, "Oh, she's been reading my books. Uh, she watched, I think it's like a dolphin tale or something yeah. it's about, that dolphin in Clearwater Florida mm-hmm. was missing its fin." Yeah. So now she's kind of shifted to wanting to become a veterinarian and uh there's a YouTube channel called Vet Ranch that she loves watching. Mhm. So I hope that from all of this that she sees that it's not always going to be easy, that it's going to require a great deal of hard work, but Mm -hmm. if she just puts her mind to it, she can do it. And that if she wants to be a stay-at-home mom, she can be a stay-at-home mom. But if she wants to work, then it's okay for her to work. And and Mm -hmm. she shouldn't feel ashamed about that at all. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I just want her to feel empowered to do what it is that she feels like she should be doing and and also you know i I do hope that she takes into consideration what is heavenly father's will for me mm-hmm. you know for for a lot of those six years i i didn't necessarily no offense to my kids love them uh, mm-hmm. didn't necessarily want to be home all the time, but felt like that's where it was that's where I was called to be for the time so mm-hmm.
0: yeah, I think that that really is the key ingredient that it really comes down to making sure that we're all following the the spirit in our life right and doing
1: the mm-hmm. things
0: that heavenly father wants us to do because sometimes it's not you know so cookie cutter and so what we think you know that everybody should stay home or that everybody should go work or that everybody should go get a degree it's not always that simple and your life can become so much better and so much bigger when you do it with Heavenly Father and Him guiding you in that direction because He wants you to succeed as a mom, but He also wants you to be happy and He wants you to succeed mm-hmm. in the gifts that He's given you to, you know, put out there in the world that many times are within your home, but sometimes are not as well. So, mm-hmm. really great.
1: And when I, every day that I go to work, I, will include in my prayer and go with a prayer in my heart that somehow I can be an instrument in Heavenly Father's hands. Mm-hmm. I don't always see that. I don't always know if I am or not but and mm-hmm. also not to mess anything up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't let me mess anything up today. Yeah. I feel like sometimes like for me like or for for a lot of people not mm-hmm. just me um, um, that we as women we have we have so many talents and we have so much to To give the world that sometimes getting out is having your light on a hill and not hidden under a bushel. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I've actually had patients ask me about, like, because since I work for a Catholic hospital, one Mm -hmm. of the admission questions is how can we or our chaplains presently attend to your cultural, spiritual, or emotional needs? Mm -hmm. And they hear spiritual. I don't think they hear the other cultural Mm -hmm. or emotional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They just hear spiritual. And some of them will have a prayer request, but then some of them are like, well, actually start religious conversations with me. And Mm -hmm. that's kind of the nice thing about working for a Catholic hospital is that it's okay to talk about that stuff.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. So great. So many great influences that you're having at home and on the people that you work with and on yourself too, you know, great influences and great changes and great growth within yourself. And I thank you so much for sharing everything today. I like to end these interviews. I started last month and I'm going to do it this month too, is having okay. you answer five rapid fire questions that have nothing to do with what we just talked about, but are just super fun. So are you ready? Okay. <laughs> are you I ready for so. them? <laughs> Don't overthink these. They are not hard at all. There's no pass or okay. fail. Okay. What's your favorite ice cream?
1: Ooh. <laughs> it's a discontinued flavor. Oh. It was Limoncello
0: Gelato by Haagen-Dazs. Oh, that is that is a real bummer. <laughs> I never had it. Now I can't try it because it's discontinued. That's too bad. Yeah. Do you have a second runner-up?
1: A runner-up? Um That's a tough one. There's just so many good flavors out there. Probably Mm -hmm. just like even a pralines
0: and cream. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good pralines and cream is awesome. All right. Okay, beach or mountain? Beach. Beach, really? That surprises me because you're a Utah girl. I know.
1: I know. (laughs) I know.
0: And I have a shirt that says the mountains are calling and I must go.
1: (laughs) I totally miss the mountains, but... I, uh, I could, I could live at the beach and not, not be sad.
0: Okay. All right. What is the number one place you most want to go in the world that you haven't been yet? Greece. Greece. Why Greece?
1: Uh, my family, my whole dad's side of the family is from there. Awesome. I would love to go and see where they're from. And
0: That's cool. I've heard it's a great place to go visit. So awesome. My brother's been there. I'm kind of jealous. Yeah. Okay. Flip-flops or tennis shoes? Mm, Flip-flops. Yeah. That would go with the beach one, right? You'd have to want to wear flip-flops if you're going to the beach. (laughs) Yep. Okay. Clean. No sand. Okay. This is the last one and it's the hardest. Well, it might. It's probably pretty easy actually. BYU or Utah? BYU.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We are a house divided. Yes. That's
0: awesome. I'm, I'm
1: slowly indoctrinating the kids to go to go blue. Yeah, awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, Christina. I really appreciate your willingness to be on the podcast today. Thanks for being here. And thanks for having me. I hope you all love that interview as much as I did and that if you are thinking about going back to school and you have young kids and you have a family, that that gave you some really good insight into what that's like And that you follow Christina's advice and that you just go for it. You just go for it. I think we always think that there's going to be this magical, perfect time to do things. And if I've learned anything in life, that just doesn't really ever happen. I think that we have to sometimes just take matters into our own hands and decide that this is what we want and decide that this is the time that it's gonna happen and go for it. Uh, Because magical, perfect moments are rare in life, at least in my life they are. So if you're thinking about going back to school or if you want to be a nurse or whatever, if you'd like more information and you'd like to get in contact with Christina, please reach out to me at megattheacowlife.com and I will definitely pass those questions along or pass you on to her so that you could ask her more information. All right everybody, I hope you have a great rest of your week and that you make it amazing and that you go write me a review. Remember! I love to see your reviews and I would love to read it on the podcast next week. All right, everyone have a good one. Bye-bye.